y'all for a miracle. I'm believing God to reach a lost and dying generation. Amen. And like Brother Kenny preached, I want to be a candle. I want to be on fire. Amen. I want people to see that in my heart, my life. I just appreciate what God's done for us this week. Don't you? Amen. I'm going to hush. And I'm just, I feel the Lord today. And I'm thankful for it. Amen. I'm thankful for it. And we're going to sing. We're going to let Brother Kenny preach. Amen. This is a great song because all our hope is in Jesus. Amen. by his precious blood. Praise the Lord.
preaching might. Praise the Lord. As is our tradition here at Pentecostal Worship Center, and it is a good one, we want to uh, make a presentation and recognize uh, the great woman behind a good man. Amen. So Sister Dorothy will come at this time. We're going to do that right now. Been a, been a large week for Brother and Sister Morris. They celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary yesterday. Today's 50 years in a day. Amen. Here you go. Make Brother Andy hand it to me. Sister Joan, would you come up for us, please? She's been uh, having to take care of her mom. Mom's been real sick, been in and out of the hospital three different times, I think they said, since Christmas. So the Lord uh, gave her honor this week and let her come to spend time with us, and we're glad she came. So uh, I, she's my friend, and I want to give her this present from us, and uh let her say a few words. Thank you, Sister Dorothy. I preach. <laughs> I'll leave that to the preacher. <laughs> but thank y'all so much. And it's been a blessing to be here this week. Actually, it's my first time to go since before Christmas because my mother's been real sick. But there's not another place in the world I'd rather celebrate my 50th wedding anniversary <laughs> is here with you good folks because I just told Sister Kathy I feel so at home here and it's just been like a breath of fresh air to be here with y'all this week. It's been very restful and the, the blessings of the Lord's been wonderful and I could never thank you enough for what you did last night, the anniversary cake and everything y'all have done for us this week. It's been wonderful. Thank you all so much, and I love every one of you. And I love you. It says, friends, many people will walk in and out of your life, but only true friends will leave footprints in your heart. And I thought when I, I got there and I thought, I've got to go back and get her one of those, you know. So anyway, we love them. We've had a great week. And Brother uh, Kenny has preached the word, strengthened us, you know. That's what we've got to have for this day and time. Yes, we have. All right. Well, here's a moment I've been waiting for all week, or all day, I should say, until tonight. Uh, brother, who needs no introduction among us. Come on, Brother Kenny, and share the word of God as the Spirit of the Lord has given you direction in his word tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Andy. It is a joy to be here, and I want to say along with John how much we've enjoyed this week. And all that you've done for us, and, and as she said, especially last night, you just made that 50th anniversary. We must have got married awful young. That's all I can say. But uh, you just, to be so, but you made it very, very special uh, with your cake and all of, that you did last evening, and we're so thankful for that. We are going home for a another celebration come Sunday Lord I have no idea what they're doing down there they've been working and getting everything together and so uh, but today we started our second 50 years that's exactly right I was walking out there today getting my exercise walking down that way and found a baby bottle somebody threw off the train and somebody said you know this may be a sign John where's 
We're starting this second 50 years. <laughs> but uh, God deliver us. <laughs> but I was just joking. I have a lot of fun. But it's so good to be here. We've had a great, great week. You've been such a wonderful crowd to preach to every night. I've just preached to my heart. And uh, you've accepted and received the Word of God so uh, gracefully. And I'm just thankful for people whose hearts are open to the Word of God. I, do, I mean that with all of my heart. I know, you know, last night, night before last, we just... Uh, Loaded you up with the Word of God, and you just took it, got in these altars, and just sought the Lord, and your words have been so kind throughout this week, and as Joan said, uh, we're, we're just at home here. Of course, we ought to be 25 years of this meeting, and uh, we just uh, love you all so very much. Your pastor, his wife, you're so blessed to have such people to lead your church, and they're blessed to have such people to work with them. But we're going to get right into this message tonight. I'm going to you know, maybe go a little different. You know, last night we talked about end-time warnings, end-time challenges, and end-time promises. And my heart was stirred last night. I want to heed the warning, rise to the challenge, and be protector of the promises. But tonight we're going a little different. We're going to go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 12. I felt today, I, I, uh, all day, and you uh, minister, you preachers know exactly what I'm talking about. It's good to have the messers with us tonight, too. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You go all day thinking, I'm going to preach this tonight. You got that message, and then you get in, you settle down, you focus in, and you find out that you're not going to do that because the Lord wants you to do something else. And uh, so I just, I believe, I feel like the Lord wants to really minister to our individual needs in this house tonight. We've talked about the church, we've talked about the world, we've talked about the situation. But I just felt that God wants to minister to your need as an individual today in this service. So I want you to allow God to talk to you, and as we get into this message I want you to let God talk to your heart. And then when we get in these altars, allow God to minister to how many have needs. You got a need. There's something in your life. You really have a need. I, we do. Joan and I do. As she said, Sister Dorothy said, my wife's mother has been very ill. My wife's father uh, is uh, having a tremendous amount of problems also. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, and we just really, really are trusting God for a lot of things. We have needs in our church. We have little Lane Smith that we prayed for here the other night, six years old with cancer. Uh, Lane's not actually in our church, but is connected with us and our family. And, uh, but God's healing Lane. There's no doubt in my mind. God's healing that. But anybody believe that after we prayed the other night, God's healing that little boy. Uh, and just keep praying for him. He has one more chemo treatment, and then they will do surgery, remove the tumor, and then he will have one treatment, they say, after the surgery, which they are saying will be a horribly hard treatment, probably be in the hospital for at least a month after the surgery. But then, uh, he's, but God's healing that baby, and I'm just believing that. There just may not even be a tumor there anymore at all. That's exactly right. Let's go to the book of Isaiah tonight, chapter 12. You know it well. And uh, we're just going to minister for a few minutes and let the Lord minister to our own individual and personal needs. Father, we have been so gracious and so kind this week to anoint us to preach every night. Lord, as we have dealt uh, with, with issues and situations and hearts, and I'm asking you to come tonight again with the power of your spirit to anoint this service in a tremendous way. I believe, oh God, that you are going to minister to our personal needs, our individual needs. Lord, whether they be spiritual, physical, financial, it doesn't matter. You're a complete God that does a complete work. 
So anoint your servant, anoint your people to hear, and we'll praise you in Christ's name. Bless this church. Send revival to this church like it's never known, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 1, the great prophet had these words to say. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall you say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. He is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thy inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. And we don't normally read a whole chapter for the text, but we did tonight. Amen. Uh, but it wasn't a very long one, was it? But I'm sure you've uh, already picked out our text. It's a classic from this chapter. Uh, verse number three, the Isaiah said, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. I want to talk to you from that verse for just a few minutes here tonight. I did think throughout the day that I was going to probably come to the pulpit tonight and talk to you about some signs, some things that I am seeing that lets me know and believe that our God is on the move. But instead, I believe God wants somebody to draw some waters with joy out of the wells of salvation tonight. You know, the waters of this world, the spirits of this world, there's no joy there. There's no joy there at all, but it's such a burden. And, and, and we people here in this house tonight, we all know what it means to be burdened down with the cares of this life. You don't have to be a sinner. You don't have to be lost. You don't have to be bound by drugs or alcohol or gambling or, or involved in some pornography or lewd or indecent acts to be burdened. We all have those burdens. Job said, man born of woman is a few days and full of troubles. One old country preacher was preaching that once, and he said, Job said, man born of woman's few days and full of sores. Well, he got it a little wrong with his uh, uh, quoting of the scripture, but he wasn't wrong from Job's point, was it? There's a lot of sores. But in this great verse, in this great chapter, there's so much here. That we, can, that we can glean from, but I'm hoping before we leave here tonight that we all draw with joy the waters from the wells of salvation. That word wells is plural because our God is a God that covers the whole scope of our life. It doesn't matter. Of course he's my savior. Of course he died on a cross to forgive me of my sins. Of course I draw water of salvation out of that well, Jesus Christ. But not only is he my savior, he's my healer, he's my provider, he's everything that I need, multifaceted Christ. That's exactly what he is. Now Isaiah begins this chapter and he said, in that day, a particular time, we all know that in the scripture, the word day, unless it is just specifically talking about a 24-hour period, the word day is talking about a time or a dispensation or a, a, a certain amount of years or a time when something is possible. And that's what he means here. He doesn't mean that you've got one day in your life 
that you can draw waters from the well of salvation. But it means during this period of time, we're able to go and feast on the blessings of God. And what is that day that Isaiah's talking about? Well, I can tell you, we go back to verse or chapter 11 and verse 1 that gives us a little insight into the day that Isaiah's talking about. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch I shall grow out of his roots. Now you know who that is. That's Christ. He said there's going to come one of the house of David. Oh, Isaiah talked about that one that would be given the key to the house of David. And so Isaiah said in the day that Christ has come into this world, and we know that story, we know it well, that babe. He said in the day when Christ is available. Christ has always been there. He was with the Father from the beginning. He was there in creation by him. All things that exist were made and without him nothing was made that was made. But he was not always available to humanity. He was always there but he was not always available. But thank God there came a day when the Holy Ghost overshadowed a little maiden in the hill country of Judea and she conceived and bare a son and that's son Jesus Christ gave his life on a cross came on the third day out of that grave sent it back to the father prayed the father and he sent us the comforter the Holy Ghost and then he had made himself available to me and because of the availability of Christ to me and to you in this day we can draw waters out of the wells of salvation I want you to know Abraham couldn't do that. I want you to know that Isaac couldn't do that. We're going to talk about some of them later. But you can because we live in the day of the availability of the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's something that I can have, then dear God, I intend to have it by the grace of God. Now we read on. We we continue to read chapter 11 and there's some other things in there. There, There's some things in there that deal with that Jewish nation. You see, and I'm I'm not saying at all that a Jew cannot be born again. They trust Christ, they can. But because of the blindness of their eyes, because of the hardness of their heart, they don't realize and recognize the Messiah has come and they don't realize, recognize the availability of Jesus Christ. And so chapter 11 talks to me as a Gentile and tells me as a Gentile that this is my day of availability. This is my day of access to Christ. This is a day of salvation. But he goes on, Brother Andy, in that chapter and and talks about the tribulation. He goes on and talks about the millennial kingdom. He goes on and talks about how, how that, that the lamb, the, the wolf should dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. He, in that one chapter, he is telling me as a Gentile that because of Christ, I am now, I have accessibility to Christ. I can draw from the wells of salvation salvation but that Jews eyes have been blinded there's coming a day when that nation's going to rise up and they too are going to be able to draw from the wells of salvation when they realize that that baby born in Bethlehem really was the Messiah I'm glad I already know that hallelujah I said I'm glad that I know that already but then he says there's going to come a day after that tribulation when he comes in that millennial kingdom that Jew and Gentile together we're going to draw waters from the well of salvation nothing's going to hurt nothing's going to destroy everything will be at peace the lion will lay down with the lamb and, oh dear God I'm glad I know Jesus tonight 
I'm glad I know Jesus, but because that we are Gentiles, because we accept that baby, because we accept that cross, because we accept that resurrection, because we know, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus Christ was not the illegitimate child of a Roman soldier. Did you know that? I said because we know he was not the illegitimate child of a Roman soldier, but we know he was the son of God. We hear him say, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, this in that day, that day when Christ is accessible, my God. So what can you say with preacher? Christ is yes. And God the Father is accessible to me through Christ. Did you know that? God the Father is accessible. You say, preacher, you mean the one that created the heavens and the earth. That's the one I'm talking about. You mean the one that reigns on the throne. That's the one I'm talking about. He is accessible to me through Christ. Through Christ. Jesus said, heretofore you've asked nothing of the Father. But he said, now you go ask the Father anything you want to ask him. And you tell him that you're asking it in my name oh dear God I can never ask God the Father anything on my holiness I can never take my holiness and say God because I'm holy I can ask you for this or that but ladies and gentlemen I can go in the beauty of the holiness of the Lord Jesus Christ the Son of God I'm worthy of nothing he's worthy of it all but my life is hid with Christ in God. And then Paul tells us that we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. In that day, the day that Christ is accessible, the day that we have access to Christ. Then he goes on. Let's get this set up a little here. Going to make a few applications and get him this altar. He said there's a time when he was angry with me. He was angry, turned away, but now he comforteth me. That's exactly right. To that Gentile, he's saying what he's saying there, there was a, t- a, a day that we were growing on a wild olive tree. We were growing on a wild tree. But he said to that Gentile, he said, now I have grafted you in to that vine. And he's saying to that Jew, you were once there, but I had to cut you off. But one day I'm going to graft you back in. Oh, my God. So, oh, we don't have to go there. But he said, behold, God is my salvation. Let me tell you something, folks. Salvation is not a thing. Salvation is not an experience. Salvation is not some psychological something but salvation is a person hallelujah I said but salvation is a person if you've got salvation what do you have did you do you just have an experience I've seen a lot of people have experiences but they didn't have salvation but you say preacher I've got salvation you know what you got you've got a person you don't just have an experience you don't just have a feeling but you have a person I've got salvation what does that mean that means I've got Jesus Christ, the Son of God, living in my heart. I want somebody that says I'm saved. You know what that means? Salvation is the person of Jesus Christ living in your life. Christ in you, the hope of glory. <laughs> that Saturday morning, that Saturday morning when that old big car pulled up my drive, <laughs> Driveway, they used to come to see me. They, they quit. You ever have those folks visit you on Saturday morning? Uh, I've, had some, I've had a lot of fun with those folks, I'm telling you. Lord God, I, I could tell you some experiences. Uh, once a fella came and uh, he wanted me to give me some literature. I said, no, I don't need that. I got all I need. He said, could I just read you something out of the Bible? I said, you got a Bible. You can read anything you want. Anything you desire, you can read to me out of the Bible. And he whipped his little book out of his bag. And I said, let me see that book. 
He handed it to me and I handed it back to him. I said, now that's not a Bible. You can't read to me out of that. I said, you can read to me out of the Bible, but not out of that Book of Mormon. Say amen. He said, well, it's based on, I said, sir, you asked me, could you read to me out of the Bible? Now, pick a Bible out of that book and read anything you want to read, but not, anyway. But I had one day, a, a car drove up to, got out one elderly man and a young man with him. I guess he was an apprentice or something. He was a trainee. And, and uh, they walked up, and the first word, said, we come to talk to you about a little prayer. You should pray the child. I said, oh, yes, sir. He said, did you ever pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come? I said, yes, sir, pray that a lot of times. He said, that's what I want to talk to you about. That part about thy kingdom come. We want to talk to you about the coming kingdom. He said, do you believe that Jesus Christ is one day going to come to this world and set up a kingdom? I said, believe that. Well, that's the first mess up he had. I wasn't supposed to believe that, but do I believe it. I don't believe it like he believes it, but I believe it. And uh, then he stuttered around, stammered around, trying to get his thoughts together because I've done knocked his little choo-choo train off the track already. But while he was trying to gather his wits, I said, sir, he's already in this world. And he already has a kingdom. He said, excuse me. I said, he's already in this world. King Jesus. He's already in this world. And he already has a kingdom. And he looked at me and he said, are you telling me that he's here? And he's got, I said, that's exactly what I'm telling you, sir. He said, would you be so kind to tell me where he is? I said, sir. I'll be glad to tell you where he is and where his kingdom is. And about that time, I'm about ready to have a Holy Ghost spell. I said, King Jesus lives in my heart. Hallelujah. My body is a temple of God, temple of the Holy Ghost. He looked at me. He said, Mr., are you telling me that you've got a man living on the inside of you? I said, I'm ex that's exactly what I'm telling you. One day, King Jesus moved into my heart, took up rest. He turned around and got his little sidekick and said, son, we gotta go. We gotta get out and listen. Salvation is a person and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he said you draw waters with joy out of the wells of salvation, what he's saying is I am that well. I am that source. I am all that you need. I'm telling you ladies and gentlemen, when we learn that Jesus Christ is all that we need then we'll have no trouble turning loose of this world we'll have no trouble turning loose of that sin turning loose of that iniquity turning loose of that that, that binds us come on somebody get your hand up and say he's all I need take this whole world but get me Jesus I don't need your money I don't need your sex I don't need your drugs I I don't need your alcohol. I don't need anything you got. I don't need your casino. I've got Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and He's all. I want to take you. Anybody feel Jesus here tonight? He's all I need. He's all I need. But lest we should be here too long, I want to just take you to some stories. All through the Word of God, wells, wells of water have a large influence on some of the greatest stories and the greatest personalities in the Bible. Maybe you've never thought about it just like this. But you read stories of men like Abraham. 
Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, right on down to Jesus Christ. And think about what wells meant in their life. And while we're doing this, and just we want to briefly run through a few of these, I want you to be thinking all of this time tonight, I'm going to draw water out of the well of salvation. And Brother Kenny Marsh told me that salvation is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to be drawing out of Christ tonight. Woo! Anybody in this house says, preacher, there's something I need to draw out of Christ. There's something I need to flow out of Christ into me. But let's look at a few of these words. I want to start uh, back in the book of Genesis chapter 21 where a well plays a very, very significant part in the life of a woman a woman that was not a Jew she was not a Hebrew she was an Egyptian a woman that was a little slave girl in the house of Ahab a woman by the name of Hagar do you know a well made a vast difference in Hagar's life now the well we're talking about is the well of salvation salvation's a person that person's Christ and so it's Christ the well made such a tremendous difference. You know that story we don't have time to go into all the depth and details of all these stories I don't have to. You know them as well as I do now because you're in church you've been in church. You've been raised in church and you know the story. But God promised Abraham a son Abraham and Sarah and you know uh, uh we're going to help God. We're, we're guilty of that a lot of times. We try to help God out. That's exactly right. And you know the story how that Sarah said, I'm too old and I'll never bear a child. And you take Hagar, my maid. And he went into Hagar. Ishmael is born. Amen. We've got a lot of Ishmaels in our churches today. Say amen. We've got a lot of Ishmaels. You say, preacher, I don't understand that. We've got a lot of things going on in a lot of churches today. That, that that are not God at all but there's some kind of works of the flesh something that we've worked up but anyway if God says Abraham and Sarah's going to have a son then Abraham and Sarah's going to have a son I want you to know he said I preached it last night and the last day he said God's going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh I don't care what kind of new music they invent I don't care what kind of new worship they bring into our church he said I'm going to pour out my spirit and I don't care how many the Ishmael's they birth he's still going to give us Isaac he's still going to fulfill his promise yeah. Amen. But there's, and then, then of course Sarah can see Isaac's born when he's weaned they have a big day they have a big celebration Ishmael's a teenager now 13, 14 years old or so and they look out and Ishmael is laughing, making fun, if you please, of Isaac, the child of promise. Isn't that always the way it is? I said, Isn't that, doesn't, doesn't Ishmael always laugh at Isaac? But Isaac winds up getting the birthright. So don't worry about those Ishmaels that laugh at you. But Sarah said she's got to go. The Bible said that... Uh, that uh, Abraham packed her a little picnic lunch, some bread, and a, and, a, and a cruise of water and sent her into the wilderness. And there as they traveled, the water's all gone. There's nothing there. All the things of this world are temporal. That means they're temporary. That means that the water bottle that's filled by this world is going to run out. You just asked that man, that old man, that was a young fella, and he filled the water bottle of his life with the carnal pleasures of this world. You talk to him when that alcohol is eating his liver out of his body. Are you hearing me? But here we are, and the and the and the uh, the water in the vessel ran out. They're dry. They're thirsty. And Ishmael is about to die. Hagar t- 
takes Ishmael and lays him under a bush and goes over there and sits down. She said, I can't stand to see my boy die. I want to talk to somebody tonight. I want to talk to somebody and tell you that as God heard the cry of Hagar and the Bible said God opened her eyes and she saw a well. God opened her eyes and she saw a well. She had already given up. She was already at the point of despair. She was already hopeless. She was already helpless. She was already to the point of no return. She was already to the place, Brother Andy, that there's absolutely nothing else she can do but God opened her eyes and she saw a well. I sat up in that room this afternoon and I felt like God wanted me to come to this pulpit and tell somebody that the situation has gotten out of your hand. It's beyond your control. There's absolutely nothing you can do. You've done everything you know. You've prayed, you've cried, you've done everything. You've spent all the money in the world that you can afford to spend and it's done no good at all. Listen to me folks. Helpless, hopeless but in Hagar's situation God opened her eyes and she saw well. God sent a little old South Mississippi preacher to your pulpit tonight to open your eyes to see a well from which you can my God say amen. Open your eyes folks. Look around you. There's a well here. Jesus is here. What did Hagar do? She sat there under that bush and let that boy die. No, 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 no. God showed her a well of life. God showed her a well of new life, a well of resurrected life. And what did she do? She got up and drew water out of that well, gave it to that boy. He revived. In a few minutes that I preached already, I've shown some Hagar. No, no, I doubt there's anybody who got that name. We don't name our kids stuff like that. We don't name our kids Jezebel and Caesar and Hagar. We don't do it. We name them Mary and then teach them to live like Jezebel. We don't name them Caesar. We name them Paul and then teach them to act like Caesar. I'm sorry. But somebody, you've said these words. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. God sent me here tonight to point you to a well. A well of salvation. Salvation's a person. Jesus Christ, the well, Jesus Christ. Now, Hagar, now it's up to you, Hagar. Are you going to stay there under that bush and let that boy die and look at that well and say there's probably no water in it anyway, so there's no need to go draw? Are you going to get up and go draw from that well? Thank God for Hagar, a little Egyptian girl. She was not a Hebrew, Brother Kevin, but she knew when God opened her eyes and she saw that well, she got up from under that bush, went and drew water, glory be to God. She gave that boy water to drink and he revived, didn't die. I'm telling oh my, somebody see the well. Somebody see the well. Somebody look at the well that God's trying to show you tonight. Let down the bucket of prayer. We go on a little further. Genesis chapter 22. Abraham sent his servant Eliezer. He said, I want you to go find a wife for my son Isaac. I want you to go. I don't want Isaac to marry this bunch of Canaanites. I want you to go back to my country, to my kindred and find a wife and find a wife for Isaac. You know that story. Eliezer got down there. He went to a well. Glory be to God. He went to a well. Why? Let me tell you why he went to that well. He wanted to find the perfect will of his master. He was going to a well because he wanted to find the right woman. But that's not what I want to talk to you right here on his way and as he sat by that well Eliezer prayed he prayed oh God 
God, let me know. God, give me direction. Show me which one it is. Show me the right girl. Lead me to the right person. Ladies and gentlemen, he found the answer to his prayer at a well. Glory be to God. I said he found the answer to his prayer at a well. He didn't know. He didn't have any way of knowing. But he went to a well. And when she came to that well, Rebecca came to, my God, I don't have time to preach all this. I just want to tell somebody, you're not going to find it at the psychiatrist's office. You're not going to find it down at the voodoo's house. You're not going to find it at some fortune teller. But there is a well of salvation called Jesus Christ that will direct you and answer your prayer. Bring your questions to the well. Bring your questions to the well. Bring your requests to the well. Bring your confusion to the well. It was at a well that he found Rebecca. Eliezer brought his problems to the well. There he found his answer. Genesis 29. We move quickly here. Jacob, Jacob. You know Jacob. Jacob's got a lot of love in his heart, but every bit of it's for Jacob. Jacob's got a whole bunch of love, but every bit of it's for Jacob. And Jacob's love for self keeps him in trouble. And it's got him in big trouble this time. Are you listening to me, somebody? Are you listening? Jacob's running for his life. Now, I'm going to make a point here. We're going to move on, but it's a very simple point, a point that is so simple, and we've overlooked it for far too long, but I want to make it in relationship to the wells of salvation tonight. Jacob at a well. When Jacob ran, went, you know, he, he, he had that dream, and, and now he goes in the, uh, back into the land of Cain goes back there to the homeland to the place where Laban his father lived and all again at a well a well brother Otis a well Jacob found love for something other than himself at the well Jacob found love for something other than Jacob my God can somebody help me preach just a little bit who is it in the house tonight you're constantly in trouble because you're in love with yourself do you know where we're in a world today that's in love with himself. I can prove it. I can prove it. You know, all of you that's got those smart boy phones, I can prove to you that this world is in love with himself. People used to take pictures of the landscape. They used to take pictures of the rivers and the mountains and the trees and the squirrels and the birds. But what kind of pictures are you getting on your phone? Selfies. Look at me. Look at me. Oh, dear God. Listen, folks, they make phones that you can talk on. I told my wife, I said, the way you communicate is one step above a telegram. I said, I got a phone that talks. You against text? No. I'm just, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, whoa, 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 wheel ran off. Uh, I, told, I told my church, I said, if the first cell phone that came out, all you could do was text. That's all you could do was text. Don't you love it? Because you can do that in church and folks think you're reading the Bible. <laughs> Shout to somebody. I tell my church, if you want me to think you're reading the Bible, you bring a Bible. If I don't see a Bible, I don't think you're reading the Bible. Now shout right. I know I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> Say amen. But I said if that first phone come out, all you could do was text. And then they come out with one of these little phones like I got that you could talk on. You'd throw that thing away and say, I'm going to go get me one of them talking phones. Anyway, that's beside the point. But old Jacob goes to a well. 
Oh, Jacob was, man, if he'd had a cell phone, it'd have been selfish all the time. You believe that? He was so in love with self. He was so in love with Jacob. But at a well, he learned that you can love somebody more than you love yourself. Glory be to God. Because it was at a well that he found the love of his life. You know why Jacob's running? Because self-love will keep you in trouble all the time. Self-love and love for self and that's all it's all about me it's all about mine it's all about me it's all about mine you're going to stay hurt you're going to stay offended oh my when you always crowing about you being the smartest person in the world you're going to go to sleep every night mad because nobody else they think they are but at a well Jacob learned that you can love somebody more than you love yourself. Because at that well came a little girl that he was willing to work 14 years to make her his wife. Your self-will, self-centered spirit can be taken care of tonight. If you draw water out of the wells of salvation, you can fall in love with somebody that you love more than yourself. Oh, and I'm not talking about this girl over here that I've been married to 50 years. That's not, and I do. I love that girl, dear Lord, I ought to. But I'm talking about falling in love with Jesus Christ. A lot of your problem can be settled tonight at a well. If you'll draw water from the well of salvation, fall in love with Jesus Christ. Moses, we go Moses. Moses was at the, this particular time, Exodus 2. Moses was a homeless man. Moses was a homeless man at this particular time. I know, I know he's raised in Pharaoh's palace, but now he's running. Doesn't have a home. Doesn't have a family. Nothing, all alone in this world, but at a well, Moses found a family. Woo! Come on, somebody. At a well, Moses found a family that said, we'll make you a part of our family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm pointing you to a well tonight that if you feel all alone in this world, you can draw water from that well of salvation and Jesus Christ will make you a son. He'll make you a daughter. He will adopt you into that family of God. Well, oh, somebody hear me preach a little bit here tonight. Thank God, I'm not alone. I'm not wandering in this world alone, but I am the member of the family of God. You say, preacher, how do you get to be a member of the family of God? You go to the well of salvation. Jesus Christ, you, get, you, forget, you confess your sins. He comes into your eye, and then he makes you a part of that family. I want to know, is anybody in this house tonight says, preacher, I went to that altar. I drew water from the wells of salvation and he made me a part of the family of God. I've got brothers. I've got sisters. I've got fathers. I've got mothers. I'm now a part of a family. Amen. Now, part of a family had a well, a homeless man by the name of Moses. He's already been taken from his biological family. Now he's been driven from his adoptive family. Woo! God's talking to somebody. I said Moses. He was taken as a child from his biological family. And now because of a 
deed that he should not have done. He's been driven away from his adopted family and now he's all alone but he makes his way to a well and at a well, my God, ladies and gentlemen, at a well and you know the story, we won't go there. He helped some girls water their flocks and they went and told their papa, said, how'd you get home so soon? He said, an Egyptian help. He said, you go get him and they went and got Moses brought him to Laban's house and he told him, he said, son you can live in this home you can be a part of my family you can become a son to me and then later on married his daughters of Zipporah, ladies and gentlemen you don't have to walk through this dark world all alone I don't think I'm talking to a homeless person that doesn't have a home I think I'm talking to some spiritual homeless people tonight your spirit is homeless it doesn't have a brother or a sister the next of kin to you is the devil why don't you go to the well of salvation why don't you draw up a little water and be adopted into the family of God he found a home and a family Then we'll move quickly. We'll go to the New Testament. In John chapter 4, a poor woman whose life was in shambles, a poor woman who had sold her life to sin, a poor woman who was used and accused and abused and refused. Come on, say, do you hear what I said? A poor woman whose life was wretched traded her misery for mercy at a well. Come to the well. A woman, Jesus, sat down on that well. There was two wells there that day, wasn't it? And she came to drink. He said, ma'am, give me the water to drink. How is it you being a Jew asked me a Samaritan? You know the story. He said, if you'd ask me, I'd give you a drink. And it'd be living water springing up in your soul. Then she wants to talk politics. You're a Jew. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Samaritan. We, we, we don't vote the same. We're different parties. Then she wants to talk religion. Jesus said, this is not a quote, okay? I didn't come talk about politics. I didn't come talk about race relations. I didn't come talk about religion. I come to talk to you about you. And he found out he wasn't going to get anywhere unless he started asking questions. He said, woman, go call your husband. I want to talk to him. She said, don't have one. He said, no, you don't have one. You've had five. But the one you got now is not yours. At a well, a woman went back to that city and said, come see a man that told me all that I Ever, all, all I ever did, all of my deeds, everything I ever. Now, now I want to tell you what she's saying to them. We don't, we don't have every word of every conversation recorded in the Word of God. You understand that? John said he didn't think the world could hold the books if all that happened. But the essence of what she said, come see a man that told me all that I've ever done, but yet he still loves me. Brother Andrew, that's the gist of, the, of, of, of what she said. When she said, come see a man that told me all that I've ever done. You know what, she, you know what that city normally would have done? They said, well, if there's a man out there that knows all you've ever done, we ain't got no time for him. Just, just think about that for a minute. If he knows everything you've ever done, everywhere you've ever been, ain't much to him either. But here's what she said. Come see a man 
that knows me inside out, but he still loves me. He still cares. She found that man and that love and that forgiveness at a well. Can I talk to somebody here tonight? Can I talk to somebody that says, if everybody knew everything I've ever done, they'd hate me. You're wrong. You're wrong. Because there is a man that knows all I've ever done and you've ever done, but he still loves me. And he is a well that I can draw the waters of forgiveness. And at a well, a woman traded her misery for mercy. Woo! My God. Oh, I know why God dealt with me. I, I don't know the particular. I just know it's rich. At a well, ladies and gentlemen, Hagar found life for her son, healing for her aching heart. At a well, Eliezer found the solution to his dilemma and the answer to his prayer. At a well, Jacob found love and learn that you can love somebody more than you love yourself. Glory be to God. And a well, ladies and gentlemen, Moses, the man who was stripped from his biological home and sent away from his adoptive home, found somebody else to adopt him and take him into a home and a family at a well. At a well in Samaria, a woman traded her misery for mercy. Brother Ricky, brother, Kevin, come get us some music. You say, oh, preacher, I wish I could get to that well. The story is told to us of King David. Sometimes, sometimes, Brother Messer, it just seems like circumstances prevent us from getting to the well, doesn't it? We know the well is there. We know the water in that well is fresh. It's reviving. It's rejuvenating. It gives life. It quenches thirst. It satisfies, but this wall is in my way, and I can't get to the well. I do believe that somebody needs to listen to me now. You know about Christ. You know all about the cross and the resurrection and how he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. But yet there's a wall. I've heard it more times than I want to hear it. I've heard it said more times than I wish I had. I know Christ. I know he's there. But because of this or that or something else, I can't get to him. Or he doesn't love me. Or it's not for me. I read about a time when David was in that dilemma. David was in the cave of Adullam down in the land of the Rephaims surrounded by the garrison of the Philistines. Surrounded by swords and spears. Surrounded by some of the meanest men that's ever lived on the face of God's earth. The Philistines. He can't get out of that cave because he's surrounded. He's locked in. He's locked up. But sitting in that cave, he remembers a well. And he longs for that well. 
And he said, oh, that one would give me a drink from the well. It's by the gate of Bethlehem. I used to drink that water when I was a child. I drank the water from that well when I was a shepherd boy. And I'd come in from the field. Oh, I long. But it's impossible. I can't escape from this cave. You know it's there. You know Christ is accessible. But you feel like things and maybe even people have got you in a cave and you can't get out. David was right. And you may be right. David could not get out of that cave and go draw water from the well of Bethlehem. And maybe you're right. But there were three men that could. There were three men that could break through that line. Please don't fall out with me for being so spiritual, okay? Just let me preach what I feel like somebody needs to hear. There were three mighty men that heard David's longing and heard David's desire and said, David can't break out of this cave, but we can. And they loved David enough under those three men went to Bethlehem and drew water out of that well brought it to David I know three men tonight that can break through every wall that can break through every barrier that can bring to you and lead you to living water who are they preacher not brother Kenny Brother Andy and Brother Messer. But I know three men that can break through every barrier and bring you to water where you can change misery for mercy. You say, who are they, preacher? The Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. on your side you don't believe it you've never read John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life the son Jesus Christ is for you because she knelt in the garden and thought of Brother Steve White and said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. I'll drink this cup. The Holy Ghost is for you. Because the Holy Ghost is coming to this house tonight to lead you and to guide you into all truths. Would you stand? With three men like David had, with three mighty men like David had, the water is accessible through the power and the love of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. You can break through anything tonight. So we've talked about Hagar We've talked about Eleazar. We've talked about Jacob, Moses. We could talk on of Abraham and Isaac and uh, 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 Jacob and Joseph, Moses, and on down the line. 
Now it's time to quit talking about Moses and Jacob and the woman at the well of Samaria. It's time to talk about you and me. I want you to close your eyes. What do I need from Christ tonight? 